Previously on the Skip and Josh podcast. You know, I, I don't text you anymore during games because I want to talk about things on our show. Right. But what I do instead of texting you is I'll, I'll, I'll write the text. I just won't send it. Oh my God, and, preemptive texts. And I'll, I'll save them all and then I'll tell you all of them now. Okay, great. <laughs> this is a new segment. You know, you ever see like, these websites like texts from tomorrow morning and like yeah. one night stand texts and all these weird things, you know? So this is a new thing. This is like texts that were never sent. Exactly. I love it. This is amazing. The Skip and Josh podcast is on now. Hello. Hey, Skip. What's happening? How are you? I'm excited. I'm coming to Toronto tomorrow. That is exciting. So it was a very busy um, week in sports, Huge. And speci- specifically like the last few days, especially today, with um, the World Series still going on. Mm-hmm. A busy, very busy day in the NFL today with a couple of really interesting games that were caught my eye. Mm-hmm. And I really need to talk to you about the NHL. Okay. And by the way, you know what today is also. Uh, what's today? It's the it's the 18th time that all four major sports are playing oh, on the same night. Today. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah, and it's the last time. It can't happen again because well, the last possible day for baseball is Wednesday. Right, and there and there's no football on Tuesday or Wednesday. Right. Right. So, by the way, that's not that's not that's not a coincidence. I I'm pretty sure Major League Baseball did not want to go up against Monday Night Football. So, I'm I'm pretty sure it's not a coincidence. No, you're probably right. They they work the schedule a certain way, right? To get yeah. the best viewers. The um especially it's like a, a tough well I mean it's not really tough. Like I guess we'll start with baseball? Sure. <laughs> Since we're starting with baseball? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what you wanted to go with first. I this mean This could be a really long episode. This it is It could. Uh... For base for me baseball is number 1 right now. Like it's what I enjoy. I've said it so many times. Like it's Absolutely. what I enjoy watching the most. Um, I wonder like how the ratings are. Have you heard anything about how the viewership is? I mean, they have like two out of the top four media markets, right? Like Houston is like the fourth biggest media market in the country, right? Yeah, I haven't heard a thing. So, I mean, I could yeah. Google it while we're talking, but I have no clue if the ratings are up or down. Yeah, I mean, at first I thought that, you know, uh, it's not going to be so great because, you know, it's West Coast time, a lot of West Coast. But I mean, it doesn't even make a difference. The game started at eight o'clock regardless, right? The games do start very late, and we've had this conversation before. You must have been in shock from game one. It was the fastest game ever. Well, I texted you, actually. I, I came it. home. I came home from hockey expecting to see the end of the game, yeah. and it was over like eons ago. That's such a that's such a letdown because it's like you come home from hockey and you know you're like, oh, good. I, I have like three innings left, which could be like two hours. Yeah. <laughs> right? An hour and a half, two hours of baseball ahead of me. And here you are, and the game's over. And I turn it on, and what do I see? Two and a half men. It was. <laughs> That's what I saw. It's like, best. what's this? <laughs> it was a very, very fast game. Game two one. hours it and thirty eight minutes. The, I think the pitching was was unreal. And and there and, were, I mean, there were yeah. there were few, there were very few, if if any, pitching changes. Yeah, yeah. Well, so that, like, that speeds it up. And that went out the window in the rest of the series, but uh... right, like I was stunned because one of the things I was complaining about was these managers. They manage so differently during the playoffs. It doesn't make any sense. If you have a guy who's who's pitching a two-hit shutout in the fifth inning in the regular season, you're not taking him out. But in the playoffs, for some reason, you take him out. You know, 
uh, Dave Roberts got a lot of flack this week on everywhere I listen to anybody writing or talking about baseball is talking about why did he take out Rich Hill after four innings? And like, I totally agree. Why did he take out Rich Hill after four innings? It made no sense. It didn't make sense. But then even worse, the guy he brings in, I think it was Maeda who he brought in. Yeah. Maeda was pitching well. I I think it was him. Yeah, he had no problems. Maeda gave up a hit. He took Maeda out and brought in a guy who only threw one pitch. He got the guy out with that one pitch, but he threw one pitch and then he took him out in the next yeah. inning. Yeah. Like, dude, leave these guys in there for a few innings because you, you painted yourself into a corner. Because, you know, if if it had gone extra innings, which is he, what he was hoping it was going to happen, that they were going to come back, right? He would have been screwed. I mean, it did go extra innings, but I mean, it did go extra innings. But if it had gone further, you know, let's say they had tied it up. I mean, he was screwed, right? He had Absolutely. no one else to bring in. So I really didn't quite get it because and you know his whole thing is you know like you heard what they were saying is like oh i didn't want him to see him the i didn't want him to them to see him the third time around you know well but wait and see nonsense. what happens it's utter nonsense it is it's complete nonsense everyone's saying everything i read was basically saying that he's completely controlled by analytics and i'm really shocked to hear that dave roberts is like that influenced by all this analytics he's not the only one though by the way like like aj hinch is the same thing no no i know and i think it's perfectly fine to use analytics and to help them make your decision making but it can't be all your decision making you know otherwise they could put a, they can put a macbook pro behind the uh, in the bench and let it decide what to do well you know i've always said to you that i could be a manager in the american league i could do that like it's the easiest job on the planet by the way yes this is true on twitter this week um i forget who wrote someone and i someone said like uh i don't get what's so hard don't get you know I don't understand what's so hard about being an American League manager, you know? Anybody could do the double switch. And then I wrote from not our Not anybody ca- can do the double switch. I, I know, mean, I know I wrote, how to do it, but not ex- anybody can. Exactly. I wrote basically like, no, they can't. Yes, it's easy. Anybody could do the double split, but switch, but they still don't know how to do it. But you don't have to do it in the American League. Well, no, in, in the National League rules here in the World Series, all yes, of a sudden he has yes. to figure it out. You know, and let me tell you something. If the Jays would have made it to the World Series, it would have been interesting because I would have loved to see how fast it would take John Gibbons to burn his DH spot and have the pitcher hit. He's done he that would, a few times. He did it two or three times this year. Yeah, didn't make any sense to me. No. So, anyways, back to the back to the series. I mean, okay. So in Game Two, yeah, you remember the homer that Seager hit off Verlander? Yeah. Off the swing of the bat, it looked no. like it was a foul ball going like behind the dugout. I, I couldn't believe it one. actually went out. The other homer also that was hit off Verlander. Verlander, by the way, he gave up two hits, both homers. Yeah, that's that's it. Every hit in this series has been a homer. It's either a homer or nothing. That's all well, it that's, is. Well, that's baseball now, I guess, right? But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, look, two, game two was an instant classic. I mean, it was a crazy exciting and comebacks. And, you know, how often do you get a two-run lead in a tent and the team comes back with two, right? It reminded me of the St. Louis Cardinals with, uh, was it Freeze? Yeah, Freeze, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it very me similar. Of that year. Yeah, good. Where it was like wild games with comebacks and yeah. s- changes of score and all that. Yeah, yes. I agree with that. So I mean, look, the game's about to start. We're recording now, and game five's about to start. And okay, well, we better stop recording then. Yeah. So Kershaw versus, and now I don't want you to call me out on my pronunciation about uh, Keuchel, <laughs> even though his name should be. Even though, look, I cannot help it if Dallas. Kuchel pronounces his own name wrong. 
I can't help that. You're right. 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 Something needs to be done. I don't understand how a word that's written K-E-U-C-H-E-L is pronounced Keichel. Now, this makes no sense to me. Okay, but neither does uh, Mike Krzyzewski. Yeah. Okay. You got me there. (laughs) (laughs) It was interesting. I came across the official playoff roster. I saw that. And I texted it to you. And in the official playoff roster that's distributed to the press, they they have... um, help to pronunciate the the hard to pronounce names and mm-hmm. they tell you exactly how to pronounce well Keiko even though by the way you know, speaking of the world series yeah so uh i didn't see game one okay because that was the game that ended really quickly yeah but game two the dodgers the dodgers and the montreal canadians have a few things in common okay the dodgers know this. how to do a pre-game ceremony Oh yeah, that's in game true, two yeah. they brought out Vin Scully, Steve Yeager, and Fernando Valenzuela, and that whole little shtick that they were doing was great. Well, I mean, as soon as Vin Scully comes out, the crowd goes crazy, right? Everybody who doesn't love Vin Scully, I know, I mean, but it was great the way they did it because I thought yeah. he was actually going to throw the ball, but I'm like, he doesn't look like he can throw a ball. What no, is he he's doing? Ninety years old, right? Then, then they switch. Then the series goes to Houston. Who do they bring out? J.J. Watt. I mean, listen, nothing against J.J. Wow. Watt. He's done a lot for Houston, and he's a he's, great guy he, and all he's, that. He's like a cult figure in Houston. I know, but you know? I mean... No one's more beloved, right? The guy's been around for 15 minutes compared to Vin Scully and, <laughs> and Fernando Valenzuela and Steve Yeager. I mean, Vin Scully was doing Dodger games before the radio existed. Yeah. So it's like, it's just, it's a, it's an interesting contrast to see who the Dodgers bring out and who the yeah. Astros bring out. Yeah. So, I mean, look, it's 2-2 now. The Dodgers really needed that game yesterday. And now Keuchel versus Kershaw. Obviously, you have to give the edge to Kershaw. And well, then yes and, yes and no. Yes, I get yeah. you know how what it's I the feel edge. about the pitching. It's matchup. the edge, but anything could happen, right? But if I'm the Dodgers, you really need to win this game tonight because knowing that Verlander's coming tomorrow. See, I'm gonna take the a complete opposite of what you just said. Okay. So yes, I think that under normal circumstances, nine times out of ten. Kershaw versus Keuchel, I would give the edge to Kershaw. But you know what I feel about uh, pitching matchups. They mean nothing. And the second thing I'm going to say is the game is in Houston. Yeah, I know. It's a huge home field advantage. So if anything, I think Houston needs to win this game because the next two are in Los Angeles. But let's say it goes like, let's say it goes like, uh, as Tony Kornheiser says, let's say it goes like chalk, right? Let's say uh, Kershaw wins Sunday and then Verlander wins uh, Tuesday game six. Okay. The, they have neither teams announced their starters for Game Seven. Like, what do you think happens? Well, it's gonna be it's gonna be um, McCullers for Houston for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they haven't announced it, but it has to be right. And it's probably gonna be you, Darvish, for for LA. Yeah, but I wonder if like the Dodgers, the the I don't think Houston would do it because Verlander would have just pitched a day before, so I don't think we'd see Verlander coming out of the bullpen. But I think there's a good chance you could see Kershaw come out of the bullpen and pitched. You might, or but two. I don't even think it's necessary. Like a la Randy Johnson, you know, uh, when he was on the Diamondbacks. Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, Madison Bumgarner, classic example. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to be necessary. No. Well, first well, of all, Hugh Darvish did not look good. But but the Dodgers also have Maeda, who's a starter, who's in their yeah. bullpen. Yeah. So like he could he could come in and pitch oh, the five Dodgers. Minutes. The Dodgers have an endless supply of players. Pitchers seems that way. and players. Like they they have an endless supply. And and 
I mean, if you're looking at this objectively, which I'm not because I'm cheering for the Astros, the Dodgers are superior only because the Astros have no relief pitchers. Their their closer couldn't couldn't pitch yesterday. Basically, he he could not get anybody out. Which so who are, who are they going to bring in now? It's surprising because the Astros actually had a good bullpen during the I know, season. But like Keiko can't unless Verlander could pitch a complete game. Keiko could go deep. But like, if they as soon as they need to bring in someone in, who are they going to bring in? Well, you know, De- honestly, Devensky's very good actually, and he's been good. They seem like they don't have any confidence in anybody, which is it's t- they're in a tough situation that way. And the Dodgers are the opposite. The Dodgers have confidence in everybody. Jock Peterson looks like freaking Willie Mays. By the way, what I never realized about the Dodgers until this week, yeah, they're they're actually quite young. They're very young. Like they, you know, I think everyone says like they have one of the highest payrolls in baseball, but most of these guys are so young that they don't even have big contracts. So who are they paying all this money well, to other than Kershaw? Like, I think they're still paying like Adrian Gonzalez and uh, they're paying like Chase Utley. Like they, have, who knows what kind of weird contracts they've got on the books that are that of guys that are just dead weight. But yeah, you're right. Of their starting team, right? Who's no one's making big money, right? Puig is young, Peterson's young, Seeger's young, Taylor. Um, we never heard of him before this series, right? Right. Um, what's it called? Turner is not making Bellinger's big money. Bellinger's very yet. young, is a rookie yeah. year, so there's no way he's making a lot of money. Yeah, Turner's not making big money yet. Maybe he's making something, but not like huge, right? But Turner's like a journeyman, has been on like six teams, I think. Well, or Kenley something. Jansen's making huge bucks, that's for sure. Um, I don't know. We'd have to look at their their payroll, but I mean, looking like you're 100 percent right. Looking at their team, it's for them to have a huge payroll. They must be still paying like uh, there must be like in a New York Mets situation where they're still paying Bobby Bonilla. Is Curtis Granderson even on the World Series roster? I haven't heard his name once. Um, I don't know. They haven't used him, and it's like they've used everybody, right? So it seems that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Look, I'm looking forward. I'm going to watch the game as soon as we finish recording. And uh, I really, I, I think it's going to go seven games, and I hope it goes seven games. Me too. Me too. Yeah, me too. All right. Um, so let's so let's uh, let's change gears to another sport. Well, before we leave baseball, mm-hmm. I just want to point out that <laughs> you know how I always say that it, regardless of the sport, the coach or manager gets too much blame when the team loses and too much yeah. credit when the team wins. Well, it's true. I mean, it's true. So, in the last, I think, seven to ten days, three managers who all won over 90 games and made the playoffs all got fired. So true. Dusty Baker. Joe Girardi and John Farrell. Like, you've got teams who can barely play 500 baseball and they keep their managers, but these teams fire their managers. Well, look, John, I'm going to, like, John Farrell is not a good manager. But, but... You know, like I don't know. I mean, he won a World Series. I don't know. I'm not like a huge fan of his. Like, let's just say. But like you said, what what, there's not a huge difference either way. You know, and he did win the division with his team this year, which was like a completely flawed team. You know, when you look at it, you Mm. know, when you look at their roster. Well, I mean, everyone thought with Price and Sale that they should, but they they lost Big Poppy, which was a huge, you know. Yeah, that is a big deal. Girardi, look, he's been good for them, but. I'm like I told you. I have friends who are huge Yankees fans. They couldn't wait to get rid of this guy. There's people. Hu- Yankees fans are jumping for joy that they fired Girardi. They couldn't well, wait to get rid like, of him. 
It's like Montreal Canadiens fans when they fired Michel Therrien. Yeah, well, the thing is, Girardi actually won a World Series for them, and he's been their manager for like nine years or something. And actually, this year, they weren't expected to do a thing, and the fact they made the playoffs was a miracle. Yeah. So And uh, Dusty Baker, well, I mean... Dusty Baker doesn't know what day of the week it is. Dusty Baker just, just go and live in an assisted living and, and just retire. I mean, honestly, he shouldn't be... What does he need the stress of being a big league manager? You know, he's time to retire, Dusty, honestly. He had a good career. He did what he could. He has a very good record as a manager. Unfortunately, he took some very good teams into the playoffs and never was able to win a World Series. And that's going to be it's going to be it for him, right? Mm-hmm. Hi there. Skip and Josh will be right back. To get in touch with them, you can send them an email to skipandjoshshow at gmail.com. You can follow them on Twitter at Skip and Josh. And you can visit their website at www.skipandjosh.com. And now, back to the show. So, um, what do you want to go to next? NFL hockey. or hockey? Oh, I'm having a crisis with hockey. I don't know why. I'm having a big crisis. I'm gonna I'm gonna clear everything up for you. So here's my thing. I consider myself a knowledgeable fan. Mm-hmm. You know, I think mm-hmm. I know what's going on when it comes to hockey. Yeah. I know when teams are good and when teams are bad. I need you to explain to me how the Vegas Knights are eight and one. So I'm starting to question whether I know like what's a good team and what's a bad team in the NHL. Vancouver is six and three, right? The New Jersey Devils are eight and two. Teams that no one thought were going to be any good. Well, the New Jersey Devils got a very high draft pick, if you recall. I know, but that they, they were, didn't they, they shouldn't have got. But no one thought New Jersey was going to even make the playoffs this year. No. But you know? the thing with hockey is every year there's always, it seems Four teams, two per conference, yeah. that come out of nowhere and have a great season that you were not expecting. But you I could, don't understand about the Vegas Golden Knights. Well, the Vegas Golden Knights, I can explain it to you like this. I was actually talking to friend of the show, Sean from Pittsburgh, about a week oh. or two ago. Oh, big time. And Sean said, this was when Vegas was 3-0. and yeah. Sean said that Vegas is not good and they're not going to make the playoffs. So that's what he said to me. But well, I mean... If you think about it, the rules this year, and I said this to you, I think, months ago, the rules for the expansion team. You did say this. They they had such a huge advantage because they were, first of all, they were not picking against another team. It wasn't like two teams entered the league at the same time. Which is the so, first time that ever happened in our right, life. So they anyways, could just right? take whatever they want. They didn't have mm-hmm. to worry about someone else. Oh, what if they take him? What if they take him? Yeah. So that's the first thing. And secondly, they actually have a pretty decent roster. I know. And they could have had actually a better roster. It's just that they agreed to take certain players from certain teams as as favors. Well, they intentionally but, tried to make their roster worse so that they could try to build with higher draft picks. They didn't want to be good right away. Exactly. So my point is they could have had a better team than they have now. And, and it's unreal. And, and, they, and they have eight wins. You're absolutely it's right. It's unreal. Every time I see them, Mike, I don't, I don't understand. Now, okay, possible. we're 10 games into the season. Less, right? Whatever. No, but still. So it's you even said yourself you have to wait twenty games to make an assessment, but but it is a little strange. Yeah, we have to wait twenty games. So we'll wait twenty games. Okay. I mean, what else? Uh, I mean, look, I don't want to go too much into the Canadians because we talked like only about the Canadians last time. Well, here's what I'll say. Yeah. I interrupted you. Did you have? No, something? no, go no. Say, say. What I'm you just going to say. say that. Yeah, it's all well and good that the Canadians have won two of their last three games, but. 
take a look at those teams that they beat. They beat the New York Rangers and the Florida Panthers, mm-hmm. who I think each have one more point than the Canadians do this mm-hmm, year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they beat teams that they should beat. So that's but you not could big... also say the same thing about like the losses that they had. You know, they lost twice to the Kings and once to San Jose and Anaheim. Like those are teams that are better than them, right? I guess. Yeah, but they had some bad losses. They also lost to the Rangers earlier this season. They did, yes. Um, Look, they're so not good. They're, they're not good. We've they're always good. said, we've always said, me and you have both always agreed, they are um, skaters, just skaters. They are um, possible. they're a slightly above average team. Mm-hmm. And when their goalie is playing like he normally does, they're a good team. Yeah. That's That's yeah. the recipe. And right now, the skaters are playing below average because you have guys like Arturi Lekkonen with zero goals. They have Charles Hudon, who they thought was going to contribute to the offense, who has zero goals. Pacioretty's struggling. Like, everybody's struggling, right? Mm-hmm. The defense is a science experiment. They just brought in a whole bunch of guys and mixed them, matched them. And that's not good. And then you add that to the fact that Carey Price apparently has forgotten how to play goalie. And and now they suck, which is no, no, no surprise, right? <laughs> Did you see what the fans did when Price made a routine right. save? Well, what can you do? I mean, he deserved it, right? But you know, last time that happened, it was Patrick Waugh. To... Oh, well. well. <laughs> and Patrick Waugh well. never played another game for the Canadians. That's not going to happen. Although, the last time the Canadians signed a player to a huge contract, like eight, ten-year contract of eight million plus, the biggest... The last time they signed a guy to the biggest contract in franchise history, they traded that guy. Yeah, P.K. So, Subban. Yeah, so anything could happen, right? But uh, when when does uh, Carey Price's no trade clause kick in? I think it's after this year. Okay. Because actually, he because the contract he signed was an extension. He's still making the same. He's still under his old contract right now. Right. That's what I thought. That's what yeah. I thought. Yeah. So, anyway, now is not the time to panic. And actually, it's never. What can they do, anyways? No, what it's can never they do a good anyways? time to panic because there's no such thing as a quick fix. You're right. not. There's no. There's no good trade that you can make. No, like just right. keep the roster you have, and if the team sucks, then the team sucks. Then at least you'll know the team sucks, and you know you have to do some work in the off season. But there's no point in any any trade offer you're going to get from another team right now. You're going to get ripped off. Well, Bergeron had a press conference, and he said exactly what you just said. He said yeah. it. He's like, I can't trade any of these guys now. People are trying to steal from me. He, yeah. he came out and said it. So he's like, we're going to go with what we have and what can you do, right? Now, if, Anyways, at the, if at the trade deadline, the Canadians find themselves in last place in the league and there's a team that wants to give a boatload of draft picks and some young yeah. guys, yeah. then by all means, I, I would trade, listen. Trade deadline is going to be interesting because let's say they start playing better and maybe they're, well, they're going to, let's say they're uh eight points out of a playoff spot at the trade deadline. Are they throwing in the towel and getting rid of guys for draft picks? Or are they going to scratch and claw to the very end? I would throw in the towel. I I know I would do the same thing, but I don't know what's going to happen. Right. So we'll see. Do you want to, do you have any other NHL topics that you wanted to discuss? Well, a couple little things. First of all, I saw an interview with Paul Byron, who I really like very much as a player. Mm -hmm. And I was surprised that he spoke French. I've seen him um, speaking French last year also in an interview, mm-hmm. and I was also really surprised. He's from yeah. Ottawa, so it makes sense, but yeah, still but I surprised. Mean, you know, um, an English-speaking person, let, let's say I was in the NHL, me personally. That would be funny. Okay, yeah, No kidding. 
let's say I was in the NHL and I'm a I'm a Quebecer, right? I speak French, right? Hmm. I don't know how comfortable I'd be in front of the French media like doing an interview. And well, I speak French. In the interview I saw with him yesterday, he did use a few English words, but like I think that's normal. That's yeah. the way French is spoken here these days. Yeah. But I mean, you really have to give him a lot of credit for doing that. So. I agree. I agree. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to point out, a couple things about yesterday's game. I, I don't like Andrew Shaw playing on the power play. I don't like Andrew Shaw, period, but I certainly don't like him playing on the power play. Doesn't make sense. Their power play is one of the worst in the leagues, and he keeps using the same guys. Yeah. And the other thing, uh, the first goal of the Canadian score, Drouin. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I don't know if he scored No, Byron. It, but, Byron. Right. But, but Drouin was offside on that goal, and the Rangers didn't challenge, and they should have. Because they're scared they're going to get a penalty. Yes, they are, but he, he looked offside to me. I would have uh, challenged it. Maybe they felt like, I don't know, I guess... They they got to be judicious with their uh, challenges, right? I I suppose I don't know. I guess because the they thing, got burned already once this year, the Rangers maybe, and they didn't want to get burned again. The other thing I wanted to ask you is like, how good are the Tampa Bay Lightning? They look scary. Well, um, I mean their record is insane, but the the amount of goals they're scoring it's it's nuts. The thing is, you they're know? healthy now. First of all, yeah, and they got rid of Bishop, and they're going with Vasilevsky. Yeah. And they also acquired this stud defenseman from the Canadians, Sergachev. Yeah, well, he's he's playing like he's got four goals already, which is crazy. But, I mean, he's not playing big minutes. They're easing him in. He just happens to have four goals. Good for and him. And Stamkos and Kucherov are 1-2 in the league in points. It's it's pretty wild. Like, they, the, they look like a, they look like a juggernaut. I can't remember the last time Stamkos played a full season. So, if, yeah, he, yeah, no. if he does, they'll be fine. But if he You're doesn't... Right. Yeah, and, then, and chances are he won't, right? Yeah, then they're in trouble. Yeah, I, I, it's funny because I really thought Stamkos is kind of on his way down in his career, but he's certainly playing with Kucherov is like rejuvenated him, you know, I guess. And by the way, the Leafs have come down to earth a little bit. Um, well, look, they, their record is is good still, but right. yeah, they've come down to earth. Yeah, like like people expected. They're an offensive machine, but they're, the goaltending is below average and the defense is below average. So you get a good team, but not a great team. Right, and and so exactly what everyone thought was going to happen has happened. Their defense has been collapsing in the third period, mm-hmm. and they've been blowing leads. And the same thing's happening in Philadelphia. You know, Mark from Philadelphia, a friend of the show, he's texting me all the time saying how excited he is about the Flyers, how great the Flyers are, and, and they're, they're so much fun to watch. And, and you know, they're 6-5, and five, right? Yeah, because they don't have a goaltender. And... and <laughs> Well, you know what I I've already used that line before, so I don't want to I don't want to rehash one of my old uh, zingers, but you know, they haven't had a goalie since Pelly Lindbergh, right? Was that your line or mine? Maybe it was yours. Maybe I stole it just now. Honestly, they haven't had a goaltender. They've had exactly so that was, one that, I think that was your line. They've had exactly one goaltender since Pelly Lindbergh, and that was Ron Hextall for maybe a couple of seasons. Right? Seriously. Yeah, the the NHL is interesting because like I said, I don't know what's... I don't know, like, you don't watch Stranger Things, right? Okay, so, by the way, I started watching Stranger Things Part 2. I'm in Episode 5. It's still really good. I like Season 1 better, but Season 2 is good. Actually, my wife likes Season 2 better so far. Yeah, but your wife is always uh, contrarian. I'm going to show you. We're on Skype, and I'm showing you via the video. What are you showing me? This is, like, the middle, right? Yeah. And in the show, there's a thing called the Upside Down. I know. So, I saw season one. 
Oh, you saw season one. There you I go. Saw all of season so one. So right now, the NHL, it's like you don't know what's upside down and what's right side up anymore. Ah, I see the you see where I'm going with that? You see where okay. I'm going with that? So okay. like you can't, I don't know like who's good anymore. I don't even know how to judge teams. Well, you look we'll, at teams. Teams that you we'll, think are good are no we'll good. We'll have a special uh, episode after everyone's played 20 games and we'll assess. Okay. I'm, I'm down for that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm ready. That, I think that's a good idea. Because that'll like you know, force us to like, look at things more rationally. What is it that you say when you see things? <laughs> Good one. I see things as they are, and I say no. Uh, <laughs> wait, I, yeah, you see things as they are not, and you s- wait, uh, wait, you see things, you see things as they are? What, what do you say when you see things? NFL? You watched some NFL today. I actually did fall asleep on the couch while watching NFL today, which I know is your favorite thing. There was some good, I couldn't do that today. I only watched, I only watched a little bit of, um, I watched the first half of the Eagles and then I had to go out. We had a, 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 something to go to today. A friend of ours had a baby. And, um, so we went to see the baby. Mm-hmm. We're going to see the baby. Exactly. And then when I came home, I watched the second half of the four o'clock games. So I missed the chunk in the middle. Okay. But, uh, the Eagles. Wow. So good. I mean, well, I mean this they was, beat the Niners, big deal. They, they, they beat they the, Niners, beat the Niners, but they, they you can only beat who's in front of you. And it was like a, a classic, like, I want I don't want to say it was a trap game because the 49ers are so bad that, like, you'd have to be a hell of a trap to trap you, you know? But, like, it's a letdown, you know? I don't think they're as fired up to play the 49ers as they were, you know, to play the Redskins in their last game, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and they did the job, but, I mean, the 4 o'clock games had some real good ones. The Cowboys-Redskins... I don't know who you who who you're cheering for there, but I mean, I don't like the Cowboys, but I hate the Redskins even more. Yeah, and and for all those people who feel bad for Kirk Cousins because they feel that he's underpaid, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I I, well, I every time they lose, I'm happy. I mean, look, he's not he's a better than average quarterback, but he's not great. He's well, Kirk Cousins. I think he's one of the top three highest paid quarterbacks in the league, and he's not one of the top three quarterbacks in terms of caliber. No, not or not even close. So, oh, so I don't think close. he's underpaid. I don't know why people keep saying that he's underpaid. Wait till the and off he, season. And he's wait till the off season. Wait till the offseason when he cashes in and he signs with the 49ers for a bajillion dollars. Well, hold on, hold on. That's what everyone's saying is gonna happen. Yeah. But if he has a mediocre season, which he's having right now, mm-hmm. are are the 49ers or any team going to open up their their wallet and say here, here's a here's a boatload of money? No, yeah, I don't know. You have a point there. You have and a point and there. I think and I think the Redskins can uh, franchise him again. I don't think they will though, will they? Why not? Oh Jesus. If, if they don't have another <laughs> option, I would do it. I guess, yeah. I would totally do it. And how about that Seattle Houston game? I did watch madness. a bit of that. That was exciting. I wasn't yeah. expecting such a high-scoring game. Well, let me tell you something. I have... Okay, I want to tell you about my fantasy football team. Okay. I'm undefeated. 7-0. and That's impressive. Okay? My team's a juggernaut. I'm tearing through the league. Mm. I had Drew Brees as my starter. Mm-hmm. And then a few weeks into the season, I decide I'm going to pick up Deshaun Watson since nobody has him. Mm-hmm. So now I've been using Deshaun Watson as my starter because he gets like a million points every week, right? He, he does, yes. But now this week I'm playing the matchups because you have Drew Brees. Um, who did they play today? The Bears. 
Yeah, I figured the Bears, the Bears have a good defense. Yeah, I figured Drew Brees against the Bears, he should have a decent matchup. Or you have Deshaun Watson against Seattle. So I'm like, okay, I think I got to go with Brees, right? It's a tough call. It's not that, it's not that simple a call because... Yeah, yeah. Seattle's defense is so good. Meanwhile, look at this crazy high-scoring game. But he did throw three interceptions, though, with Watson, right, in the game. But, I mean, if you're looking at uh, the future of the NFL right now, which is what I told my son this afternoon, it's Carson Wentz and Deshaun Watson, don't you think? Yeah, although Carson Wentz was just ordinary today. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah, he was he was ordinary, but he still manages to make like big plays when they need him, you know? I have to tell you something about that uh, Texans-Seahawks game. Mm-hmm. So I have Will Fuller, the receiver on the Texans, on my team, on my fantasy team. He only catches touchdowns. Except for some reason, I decided to bench him today because... You should never... Oh, uh, same reason as me, because they're well, against he's Seattle. against the Seahawks, so I benched yeah. him. Yeah. The other thing I did, the receiver on the Seahawks who caught two touchdowns today, is his name Richardson? Yeah, Richardson, yeah. So I actually added him to my team just about uh, just a week ago, I added him, not even. Yeah. Not knowing anything about him, I added him to my team. And then, all of a sudden, during the week, somebody cut... Um, they cut they cut Jared Goff, who I know is nothing special, but my quarterback mm-hmm. situation is pretty bad. Okay. So I'm like, oh, I got to pick up Jared Goff. I have to pick him up. And the only guy really for me to cut <laughs> he was dropped Richardson. Richardson. Yeah. So I cut him. And here he goes and gets two touchdowns today. Well, that's the story of your life. Yeah. Anyway, I still won my game, or I'm going to win my game this mm-hmm. week. But mm-hmm. it would be nice to have that guy on my roster. So the the good game is um, there's a real good game tonight, right? Yeah, I'm watching baseball, so I'm not watching I'm not watching Steelers Lions because I'm never uh, watching baseball. Gonna flip to it in the commercials, right? Sure. And then also Monday night, another really good Monday night game: Denver Kansas City. Yeah, I know Denver's like on a little bit of a losing streak and everything, but I mean, it's like those old AFC West rivalries are always good. So let me tell you something about the Denver Kansas City game. Sure. I have the Kansas City defense who has they have not been good lately. No. But I don't have much of a choice. Mm. I also have and I've been using for the last 6 weeks I think Trevor Simeon as my quarterback. No wonder your team sucks. Right. Well, I benched him this week instead and I'm and I used Josh McCown, which was a brilliant move cuz McCown had a good game. I know He's the he's, worst quarterback in the league. Actually, he's not. <laughs> you, you think he is because you hear the name and you think this guy's ancient but yeah. if you look at his stats he is actually one of the top five quarterbacks in the nfl right it's now. because it, it's because they're always down so they got to throw no i don't know what the reason is well they're getting he's getting a, like we talked about last week the jets <laughs> the Even jets. today they lost but he had a good game yeah they, they lost just barely against the falcons today so it was interesting i just don't know when the cleveland browns are going to get a win they might not they really might not. It's really quite sad, actually. Um, and then the other thing that we did confirm this week is that the Raiders are no good. Well, we don't know because they were good last week and they're bad this week. They're Jekyll just, and Hyde. I have no faith in them at all. And the Bills are like sneaky good, right? I think they're a lot better than everybody thinks. I especially think so. at home. Especially at home. Wait till the cold weather comes. So I misspoke you know? about uh, Josh McCown. He's not one of the top five QBs, but he's one of yeah. the top ten. Okay, well, you take that if you're a Jets fan, no? Wait, before you close the show. Mm-hmm. So did you hear this story? I have to tell you this story. And Shoot I think it. I think your son would appreciate this probably more than you. You know uh, Joel Berry on North Carolina? Oh, this is the best. <laughs> so 
So he was playing NBA 2K with another guy on the team. I don't even know who. Pinson. And he lost. He lost. Yeah. Yeah. And he was so upset that he lost that he punched a wall and broke his hand. And now he's out for a month. Uh, what can I say? There's so many like jokes you can make. There's so many things you can say, especially like we're Duke fans. We hate Carolina. Like it's just like it's so perfect. It's like it's a, the story just stands alone. You know, it's a video game. <laughs> he lost a video game. Who was the expo pitcher that punched the wall and broke his hand? Brian Barnes. Yes. Yeah. Was it his? It would I think he banged his head on the wall actually. <laughs> I think you're right. I think he banged his head on the wall. Yeah. That's even worse. That's even worse. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's in today's day and age, he'd give himself a concussion, right? People take the video games very seriously. I know. I know. It's crazy. Um, Including it me. me. I don't play that game, but I take other games very seriously. So, uh, so Joel Berry reminds me of the Cleveland Indians pitcher, Trevor Bauer, who uh, cut up his thumb with a drone and couldn't pitch in the playoffs. Yeah, that was last year, right? He tried yeah. to like, they tried to like wrap it up and stuff and like get him ready to pitch, but he, like, he was no good, right? Last year, he couldn't do it. He was dripping blood on the pitcher's mount. Well, like, look, if you're, if you're Kurt Schilling and you have that bloody sock, it worked in his favor, I guess. Yeah, that worked. It's but, like stuff of legend now. But Joel Berry won't be able to play basketball for at least a month, maybe more. Ah, uh, the poor Tar Heels. I wish I could <laughs> feel sorry for them. Did you watch that big? We didn't even talk about Ohio State, Penn State. I watched it. I watched it. I watched it, actually. Penn I mean, State blew we, it. Just when I say that we never talk about American college football, all of a sudden, mm. me and you were both watching this game, and we didn't even talk to each well, other because, about it. because uh, Fox was hyping it up like crazy during yeah, the I World know, Series, I so I, I obviously tuned in to see what was going on, Look, and Penn State had a huge lead and blew it. They had a huge lead, and I was in shock that they were able to come back, and, and the thing is, like, once he started completing passes, um, the quarterback of Ohio State? JT Barrett. Barrett? Like he he was everything was complete. And it was like he was just cutting them up like like so easily. There's no defense in, in college football, it seems. <laughs> I the scores every week, if you look at them, there's They're like fifty two to forty seven and very crazy scores. scores. So does that does that knock uh Penn State out of like the top four contention? I mean, I don't know. They only have one loss. The 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 the, the, the rankings are only coming out this week for the first time, right? Okay. Well, it's their, it's only their first loss of the season, yeah. number one. Number two, they lost on the road yeah. to a team that could potentially be one of the final four. But if, if Ohio State would have lost that game, I think they would have been out of contention. Yes, if they would have lost, they probably would have been out. Anyways, but I don't we'll think see. this knocks out Penn State. Because the other really good team apparently is Georgia, right? Yes. That no one's talking about? And Notre Dame is good again all of a sudden. Yeah, they're they, from what I listened to this week, I listened to a podcast and they were talking about it. Um if Notre Dame can run the table, then they can they can make it into that top four. But and we didn't even people... mention Alabama and Clemson. Oh, I hate Alabama. Yeah, but you know they're <laughs> going to be there. It's unfortunate. They're the evil they're empire right now. Yeah. Before we sign off, remember you can listen and subscribe to new and archived episodes of the Skip and Josh podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play, or the podcast app of your choice. And if you listen uh, through Apple Podcasts, please give us a review. Um, you can contact us via email, skipandjoshshow at gmail.com, via Twitter at skipandjosh, or by liking and following our Facebook page. And as always, if you go to skipandjosh.com, you can get the uh, all the links that I just mentioned. And also, one big important thing about our website, it is exactly five days until our one-year anniversary so by the time we record our next podcast, we'll have been our one-year anniversary. All right. So hopefully I'll see you tomorrow. Yes. Looking forward to it. If not, for sure, for sure Tuesday probably. And yep. uh, 
I'll speak to you next time. Okay, great. The Skip and Josh podcast is over now. Don't worry, there'll be another episode soon.